0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unscripted. Uh, it's me, Matt, your host, aka Cut Corners, and it's great to be back here. I'm still in Los Angeles. Um, thanks to everyone who tuned in last week when we spoke to Spell. Um, but yeah, if you've never tuned into Unscripted before, this is a show about the power of music, where we interview people that um, well, great music makers, people in the music industry, and DJs, and we talk about music um, and. Hopefully, we introduce you to people that you may not have heard of before um, or get to dive, dive deep in with people that you do know. Um, but yeah, this week I, I've, I've got a, a fellow Canadian with us. Um, he's made some big tunes and um, he's a really lovely guy. I'm really excited to have him on the show. Um, he goes by the name Sli- uh, Sleepy Tom. <laughs> I actually realized I have it in here as Sleepy Time, but that was a spelling error. Please welcome to the show, Sleepy Tom. What up, Sleepy Tom?
1: Whoa. How are you doing, man? I mean, oh, oh, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: This is really cool. I love the bass set, uh, and guitar you got in the background, man. Those are quite a flex there. Yeah,
1: you, you know, like uh, just uh, picking up uh, childhood instruments again in the last last few years. Having lots of time on my hands, so.
0: Nice. Yeah, hey,
1: sort um, of. Yeah.
0: Right out the gate, though, I really wanted to get the origin story on the name Sleepy Tom because... Um, your name isn't Tom, right? <laughs> no.
1: Sorry. No. To... My my middle name is Thomas, so that's like that's where that came from. I mean, there's not really like a uh, insane story, but it's essentially I was just like in my SFU uh, dorm room and uh, not studying, and it's just like making songs on my little old white MacBook and. On reason and i was like i need a name so it was like probably probably a combination of like just the entire vibe of simon fraser university which is pretty sleepy and so it kind of kind of just started there just through it i wanted to use my middle name so
0: yeah that's dope man um simon fraser university from what i know was actually used in the, in the x files series as um as part of the Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think I think there was there's a bunch of things shot there. There's some like there's some like Armageddon movie. Or maybe it was like Alien or something. Um yeah, like my um, my uh, uncle is like was like one of the sort of main architects for Simon Fraser. So he like approved all those like like concrete sort of jungle designs. Like, I I don't know if you spent much time up there, but it's basically, like, it's just like a concrete sort of concourse in all these places. So, I mean, yeah, it's sort of a family connection there.
0: That's really cool, man. Um, What were you studying at Simon Fraser University, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, I went there for music. So, I was basically doing, like, music composition, whatever, like, the sort of university equivalent of that there is like they had like a gamelan there which is which is pretty rad it's like a sort of um like javanese um sort of um metal uh bell drums and they're like they're like a different tonality they're like a different like um uh scale like they're not like uh sort of like Whatever the
0: traditional term is, traditional.
1: Western. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I did that, and that was cool. But like the the sort of uh, it just wasn't. I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. So I only I only spent a year there.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes, yeah. uh, forgive me if I'm taking too much of uh, you know too much credit here, but uh, sometimes the intellectualization of music can rob you of the joy. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, it was just such a crazy time, like 2000, that was like 2008, 2009, it was like, right, sort of like peak justice, peak sort of, um, you know, like 8-track and Diplo coming up, and it was like, there was just, the music was just so satisfying to me, and and the, the program I was in, I was like, this is not, this is
0: not it. Sometimes it feels like uh the education system takes a while to catch up to what's happening current like in the current especially with music, right? Like uh mm-hmm. I, I think I think about this a lot actually. Like I went to school for jazz improvisation and I was like, Oh, this is really this was really cool because at least there was a, a way to like kind of join it to modern hip hop at the time. But mm-hmm. even still, like all the things I liked were samples of jazz records and you know Yeah, like, and
1: like you kinda like It's like you would love to be able to like have all your sort of um, like me going to university. I'd like probably pick up a bunch of stuff now if I'd gone if I go there now or I'd like it's just timing maybe. And like, I don't know. I don't know if I can ever like get the timing right on anything. But like it's just like having that sort of structured. It was like it, it wasn't the time for structure maybe
0: yeah that's fair enough especially yeah. like yeah Bloghouse. there was like so much i think about that yeah like you said 2008 even now it's like the sound design the technology ha- was, has been changing so rapidly it's almost like music and technology are kind of like just exploding at a very similar pace you know and technologies and in, in, uh, informing the way we make music and vice versa right
1: uh-huh yeah totally like the um and, and you listen back to those, like, the mixes. It's like, no, I think even, like, there's lots of DJs who are like, we didn't know how no to how to mix. Like, we're just, like, cramming stuff and, like, distorting things. And, like, I mean, that's the sound of it. Yeah. But, I mean, the mix is, like, who who cares? Like, I mean, I always have to remind myself that the mix is, like, like all this technical jargon and stuff. It just really gets in the way most of the time.
0: Now you just mentioned Justice, um, and I'm I'm gonna confess to you that um the first time I listened to the cross album was two months ago, the whole way through. <laughs> um Do you have anything like that though? Do you have any like records that you're like are bona fide classics or you know, that maybe that you just missed? On. Yeah, you missed for whatever reason.
1: Um Huh, I wonder. I mean Frankly, like, I've been late to lots of stuff, like my, my, the music I listened to in high school, or like early teens, it's pretty embarrassing. So, <laughs> like, I mean, I probably was like, everyone was like listening to like cool rap and like cool, like sort of indie rock. And then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I like this stuff too. Like, um, but I don't know, like, there's probably... I can't, yeah, I can't really think of anything specific, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, I was listening to like Illmatic in like 1999 and it came out five years. You know, I've been late on, similarly, I've been very late on records that have come out, been fide classics, and I discovered them like way too late. I
1: feel like that was like, like early on when I started DJing, like having um, like exclusive tracks was so hot, like having like having something unreleased was so hot. And because there was, like, a level of, like, oh, I got it first. Like, I played it first. Like, it's not rinsed yet. And, like, I just, I, like, I feel like that doesn't exist anymore. I feel like, or I'm I'm sure it exists. It's just, like, for me, I'm, like, th- th- I think with streaming, having, like, everything changed it, like, everything, everything like, just, um, like you said, it's, like, oh, like, let me listen to the Cross album. Like, I haven't listened to that. Like, I can't believe I haven't listened to that. And then it's like, it's new to somebody. It's new, like, there's always, like, something that you haven't listened to yet.
0: Yeah, it's like books. Like, I remember also, uh, you know, much later I was like, oh, I need to read all this classic literature. I didn't read 1984 and, like, you know, Animal Farm. Or, like, you know, like, I just totally didn't read those books or whatever. I was definitely not paying attention in school, but... When you read them as an uh, adult, though, they're really it's like and listen to album like and knowing like oh this is gonna be good I'm ready for this I'm like psyching myself up, let's go and sometimes it's like like the cross album was fantastic listen to that front to back, I went for a run and I was like this is energizing this is so good, <laughs> yeah. um, and 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 like you said about the mixes though some of the mixes weren't great but then I had to like kind of frame it in my mind like okay this is they're discovering Ableton for the first time and they're just Figuring out like sounds that really didn't like that kind of production just didn't exist until they did it, so it's like kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And like the, I mean, I I always had to just remind myself that like me like nerding out while I'm mixing, tweaking some little thing like that, no one will ever hear the difference. Like, I like I'll send I'll like send like thirty different versions to my manager or my friend that I'm working the songs on the songs with. And it's like, I like tweak a bunch of little things. And then I like the comments back are always just like the most obvious things. They're like, you know, like that, that the vocals attitude or like you need to do something better here. It's like, <laughs> like, that's like, ballsy. well, it's just like, like, I, I mean, the, the, the um, sort of production, like sort of musicianship is like, I guess what I'm, like, getting at is, like, that's what sort of shines through on those, like, early 2000.
0: Yeah, or totally. Late,
1: late 2000 records.
0: Specifically with Justice, I was really impressed with their their approach to rhythm um, and, like, the the way they used, yeah, they chopped up kind of their instruments a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like, their, their actual drum programming is very straightforward. Like, it's not complicated, but all of the music around it, the, the instruments and sounds around it are very... Yeah, it's so, it's honestly, I really enjoyed listening to that album as like a uh, adult, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I can only imagine yeah. what it was like to listen to that and hear it in like a club uh, when it first dropped, you know? Oh my
1: God. Yeah, the yeah. best.
0: Did you ever see them live? I feel like we're just ha- like fanning out on justice, but this is fun. <laughs>
1: no, um, let me, s- I don't think I've seen them live. I could, I could be mistaken, but um, yeah, I know uh i might have i can't remember it's been too long i might have seen them at like hard summer or something anyway
0: well um now um i feel like uh i just want to touch back on your name because i feel like there was something i really wanted to ask you about sleepy tom um that we didn't get to cover yet and that was how do you feel about the celestial season seasonings sleepy time beer the you know the tea (laughs)
1: So, oh, uh, sleepy time tea.
0: Yeah. Do you know about the the you or, know how they or, have the 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 logo of the bear the the, the teddy bear drinking the oh, tea? Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Are you familiar yeah. with this?
1: I I'm aware. Yeah, I know, I I grew up on sleepy time tea. Okay. Um, my parents my parents would push that on us. That was the earliest sort of narcotic that <laughs> I ingested probably.
0: I feel like I need to bring this uh, up for some context, just so people know what we're talking about. One second. Hopefully this works. There we go. Oh, There's yeah, the Sleepy Time Bear. Yeah. Uh, they even have mugs. <laughs> you can get a bundle of tea. So, um, yeah. Thanks to our sponsor, <laughs> Sleepy Time Bear. We have a Sleepy Time on the on the chat right now.
1: I, yeah, I've always there was like a brief moment in the pandemic where I was like, I am. I need to branch more into the sleepy thing, and I was like, because there was like a moment where I was like having. A lot of trouble sleeping i'd like sort of stopped smoking weed for a bit and like um i just kept waking up at like 4 a.m for like a w- for like weeks and i was like why can't i like sleep more than like four hours but anyway um i was like uh oh, yeah this will be more of my like i'll figure out the sleep thing and i'll make that a part of my brand more yeah. like- <laughs> totally we don't <laughs> want uh, what's
0: what's the opposite of sleep um Awake, but we don't want. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's a disease, right? Where you you, you can't sleep. Uh,
1: what is it? I mean, insomnia. Insomnia. Or? We yeah. don't
0: want insomnia, Tom. We want sleepy Tom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like I don't want to be like. I just want to be like a little bit sleepy, so that I'm like overtired and sort of comical.
0: And have you just have you have you discovered a tea that helps with that at all? I we, we chatted briefly. You said you were sipping on a peppermint tea. Is that right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean to go back, I was like, I was like, okay, how do I figure out the sleep thing? So I like researched a little bit. And I mean, everyone was like pushing melatonin on me. And I was, I was like, "Mm, research is sort of mixed bag, like, sort of, it's, it's a slippery slope with melatonin. So I avoided that. And it was essentially just, I just like, smoked more weed again. (laughs) And like, I was like, okay, and my body sort of like, uh, like, Going cold turkey apparently wasn't that great for
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And just for everyone, if anyone's watching or listening that's a bit concerned about consumption of marijuana, it is completely legal in Canada, where Sleepy Tom is broadcasting from. So no laws are being broken by doing that, which is great. (laughs) Um, But let's get back a little bit to... I know we were just talking about justice. And I noticed, like, your new track... um, Well, one of your new tracks, sorry... Call, call My Name is, is really like a disco burner and it features a, a good friend of mine actually, Don Pemberton, who's a fabulous singer uh, from our shared hometown of Vancouver. Oh, you
1: friends with Don?
0: Yeah, she's sweet, hey?
1: Oh, she's the best.
0: Yeah, we actually played in a band um, many years ago. It was like a broken beat uh, style band and uh, was three had three singers and she was one of the three singers and she's a complete you know, she's just such a talented person and she teaches yeah. and yeah, I, but I, how did you guys meet up? How did you and Don link on that?
1: Yeah, so um, I wrote this entire EP with my friend Parker Bosley, and we've sort of written for a while together. Um, so I met, um, he was like, you should get Don to come and do like vocals on a bunch of these songs. So Don's on a bunch of the um, EP. Like, She's like, I basically, you know, she'd come and do sessions and that sort of thing so um but yeah she she like came over and just like I mean like we're just sort of like ooh, try this try this like in terms of like vocal takes and um sort of like she she'd leave being like okay i'm I'm good <laughs> like I, I don't need to sing anymore and like she's um yeah just such a vibe. In the studio so
0: yeah she's a real pro like i i just when i've worked with people like that and i'm sure you could probably attest to that it's just such a pleasure because they're just really organized they know exactly what they're doing they it's almost like you just don't even have to explain anything it's just like a shared language right Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like having that's something i'm trying to do more um is get session players get like okay like sure i can like write and play as much as, like, I need to, but to get, like, a real pro to, like, bring your idea to, like, a different level, it's, like, just so much better. It's just, like, the having, like, like, a really, like, Park is a great big bass player and, like, having someone like Don to come and sing vocals and it's, like, just way better than faking it.
0: Yeah, that that actually uh that's interesting you mentioned that because I was going to ask I I hear the bass is a prominent feature in a lot of your tracks um recently but also even going all the way back to your early stuff um it's always been very much a very rhythmic and and bass approach. Um I was going to ask are you're a bass player but I guess is that something like you have a bass literally behind you so are you a bass player?
1: I I dabble but like that's I'm not. Like I mean like, going back, I, I mean, I grew up playing guitar. So okay. that was, like, that was my main thing. So, I mean, um, it's a totally different instrument. Like, I mean, the, you know, everything's sort of similar, but, like, trying to get build up calluses on my <laughs> fingers is, like, so painful and tedious. Like, so, but, yeah, going back, like, I, I mean, like, a lot of my, like, first five years of songs. I like didn't even use a keyboard. I, I drew everything in. It was all kind of just by ear. And wow. I didn't, I, I, feel, I, I feel like it, it was like more like sample based and that sort of stuff too. So it was sort of me trying to learn sort of production on the computer and then slowly but surely I've like brought instruments back.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear a lot of really rich instrumentation on the newer songs, um, and that's kind of what I was like. Yeah, I'm curious to know like the direction that you're taking now. There is a lot of like re- I hear disco, disco elements, funk elements. Um, is that is that a fair assumption, or is that something that you're listening to a lot lately?
1: Totally. Yeah. Like that was like, I was like, right. How do I like? I was kind of lost for a minute trying to have, um, sort of continue doing the DJ thing, continue DJ, doing, like, club music, but I was really more listening to, like, pop music, pop, like, song structure. And I was, that was the one, that was the part that I was, like, couldn't really figure out how to bridge the gap, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I can just do disco. <laughs> like, that's, like, pretty obvious. So that's, it, I don't know. It's so weird with, like, inspiration and then ch- trying to, like, manage, um, like, your past work, your past sort of catalog, and to, like, do things in the now that you're excited about. So that was more like, okay, if I, like, I need to, like, continue my musicianship, like, musician, like, 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 trying to make myself play guitar and play instruments. And, like, Keith, my synth, like, before was behind me. Um, you can't see it, but it's, like, an OB-6. And, like, it was behind me for so long. And I was like, no, I need to put that, like, right in front of me so that I actually play it and use it. Because these things can just sit unused if oh, you can yeah. just, like, click and find something. So, yeah, it's just, like, trying to sort of hammer these things out that are sort of melodies circling in my head that don't have a avenue to get out. So, so it's an ever changing process, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the thing that people don't talk a lot about in careers is, I mean, some people do it very well where they have like this identity and they just stick with it the whole time. But a lot of people don't really talk about kind of the evolution of being an artist. Right. And often like mm-hmm. it's, it for me, it's really exciting to hear in like a lot of your new music and like the song structure, the instrumentation that you're ap- approaching your music with um, when you're, you know, Previously, I knew you was very much in the EDM lane and with a, a slightly more electronic sound. And it's it's actually really nice to hear like a maturity. I don't know if that's a fair uh, way to describe it, but it's nice to see, uh, you know, some kind of a, a, an evolution of, of your sound.
1: Yeah. And like, I, everyone's like always pining for advice about career stuff, but like, no one can really tell you your career path. Like everyone's is different. Everyone... Maybe starts in a similar place, but where it changes and where your sort of inspiration goes, it's like who knows. So I'm like sort of just reminding myself that most of the time, I'm like, okay, I just need to work, (laughs) like, and just that's basically it. (laughs) Just keep putting songs out that I feel somewhat strong about, and and yeah, it's like it's more like I'm just dying to like be a better sort of musician like where i see lots of producers and i'm like i would kill for like your talent and that and your like level of like like lots of people grew up playing piano and like that's probably the best skill to have in terms of you know being able to put chords into the um into your songs like midi and and having it actually like make sense into programming and
0: You mean like harmony? Like keyboard harmony? Yeah, I agree. It's the hardest bit, right? It's really the hardest.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, there's lots of people who grew up playing piano. But I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's like, sometimes it's cool to have that sort of, like, um, approach where you're not sort of being traditional. And so.
0: Absolutely. In fact, um, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I try and like, I don't want to get too much in my head about theory and harmony and like, oh, this chord has to go with this chord. And sometimes it's just like, let go of yeah. that and just, I don't know, use a one shot and just pitch it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And see what happens, you know? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it goes, it goes back to the same like mixing thing where it's like, all these rules are really just, they can get in the way, but they're sort of just there as guidelines. But...
0: There, there is definitely a certain um, emotional quality though, that harmony brings out that like I've, I've struggled with any other combination. Like, if you get the right harmony, it just feels like the feelings uh-huh. really swell up. And I don't know, it, nothing else does that. Maybe the voice?
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's sort of what I've been trying to go after um, with um, my, at least my last two EPs is trying to get the vocal production, my vocal production, a lot better. And it's, it's, there's like, so much to that there's just so much to making music that like i don't know i don't know if people value it or not or they just don't like understand it but there's there's so much that goes into like a like a hit record that i'm like that like whether or not like the people are like completely um responsible for sometimes it's just like a great song a great idea that just like spews out of you and you're like (laughs) i have no idea how that happened but sometimes it's just like ton of people working on something forever and like like hearing sort of mark ronson talk about the um the uh uptown funk sessions where he was like vomiting because they were like working on it for like days on end like no sleep and then like (laughs) like bruno mars had some like he like came in late and like had some idea like the do 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 and like that was the hook that like broke that song for them but at the time he was like that's like a dumb idea like I, but then he slept on it and he was like yeah that's that's sick like there's just there's just so much to this stuff where it's like it's both like heaps of like you know bs selling like air to people like but then it's like a lot of technical stuff that you just learn along the way, I guess.
0: I think that's a really good point, though, and I, I'm glad you bring it up because I, I think, um, you know, like you said, you're focusing on vocal production. There is so many like little things that you can become an expert at, you know. And I think uh, mm-hmm. if we look traditionally at music made by bands or you know even most pop records, like you know, Mark Ronson or Beyonce, you know, and you see like there's so many like credits in them and them mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people sometimes you know get some pretty hot takes on twitter about like oh well beyonce didn't write that song and it's yeah. like yeah but <laughs> she sang it and she got all these people <laughs> together and it's like that's still a talent you know uh, uh-huh. i think it's 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 kind of coming from this place where i've never tried to do this
1: yeah uh, it's so funny that you bring that up because there's like i mean it's such a hot tick talk thing to do to like break down the songs and the samples and then people commenting are like wow beyonce's in shambles like like as if like she like like oh thank god for those samples otherwise beyonce would just be really in the shits i know right
0: (laughs) yeah i mean even sorry uh... i'm overtired i'm I'm losing it here no this is great man this is this is exactly the kind of chat we're here for um uh, we actually we got a couple people in the in the chat I want to shout out Dog 69 Whitman I think that's correct and Quaggy and major Nazer thank you guys for tuning in um, but yeah like even the Drake thing right uh, I think you know there was this massive you know issue you know back maybe 2016 or something where he got criticized for having a co-writer write some of the raps on his song and everyone was like he's got a ghostwriter and it's like uh, <laughs> I mean you know yeah. I, t- like, Beyonce doesn't write all her own music, Aaliyah is one of the greatest, most celebrated artists of all time, she didn't write her songs, and there's nothing wrong with that, even if they were not writing songs, but there are still, like, in fact, I watched this Aaliyah documentary the other day, it was great, and she it has her, like, talking about how she chose Missy Elliott and Timbaland to write these songs for her, because she wanted them and their sound to work with her and create this thing together, and it's like, Okay man like she had a vision like that's still like mm-hmm. that takes like guts and she had to fight for it with the record label cuz the record label didn't want her working with those producers and and songwriters they didn't think they were hot and it's like yo like you you still have to find those people you still have to have an ear for what you want to do and a vision and sometimes i feel like the vision is actually the hardest part right having a yeah you know, having an idea and then executing it the whole way
1: totally totally cuz you have to have the confidence that you're like that you believe in your vision and which is like for me that's the hardest thing it's like right like uh, i've done this like a long enough that i like okay i want to do this thing that i want to do and it's not dumb and it's like and when you don't have like a ton of momentum because you're not going to have momentum like all the time in your career
0: it's impossible it's just
1: not it's impossible so like but yeah like uh it's 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 crazy when uh, sort of talking about like how artists get shamed for like only doing one thing because really are like having other people help with songs like like these things take time and these things like these songs are like. Like, I mean, and, and nowadays it's like there's so much more than just being like the actual like the music has the product, the product is the artist. And like I mean I'm I'm pretty like like uh, at my end with like all this stuff like I don't even because like when you when you think about being an artist as a kid or like or uh, you know you know I want to make music like you don't really know what comes with that you know no. you don't know that the persona is like half of it so like I mean when you have like that amount of responsibility as someone like beyonce it's like She's not gonna be like. She's not gonna be like choosing the snare drum. Like she's not gonna be choosing like each sample. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And why would she, anyways? But yeah. I, I do really like that. Um, I'm really glad you, you brought that up, actually, because yeah, when you get into music, you get into music because you love it and you want to do it. But you're often not thinking about what. Yeah, like you said, you don't. You haven't developed a persona or this like stage identity. Uh, unless maybe you're a singer, but as a producer, you know, like it's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that like a lot of producers, myself included, can be kind of reclusive and kind of not antisocial necessarily, but just not really like wanting to be the one on the stage, you know, doing all the stuff, even as a DJ, you just want to be making the music. And I mean, you know, you've even seen with the Beatles, you know, they were like tired of touring. They just wanted to make studio records. Totally get that. Like as a musician, I really relate to that and um yeah how do you how do you how do you, how have you navigated that or how do you kind of work through that those expectations
1: well yeah like now i'm like i'm pretty certain that i'm like okay i want to just like focus on this mostly like like people attach me to being a dj but like really you know there was it's like it's a it's only a part and it's and it's really more like i'm like I make music and so it's it's like I'm sort of just dying to collaborate with more people and on their music and sort of produce pop records and and just um, sort of just keep keep doing the thing that I do most days which is just come in here and in my second bedroom and which is my studio and and just like fool around and and sort of get ideas out so yeah like the the persona thing is so is so tough for me like I think you're right it's like most sort of producer types are sort of behind the scenes kind of people so it's it's just not really um a period of time where it's like conducive to be like behind the scenes all the time everybody has to be up front like all the time and sort of sharing everything and it's like well like most of the time like when i'm mixing it's like or finishing a song it's like really like boring like <laughs> the last couple like i'm just i'm just like i was sick the last like i got covid like be- beginning of october for the first time oh. and uh um it really rocked me like i I like mi- avoided it for like two and a half years and then i was like oh crap Oh, wow. so so i've 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 just been like um behind on a deadline for this song and so now I'm like okay I really need to finish it like I need to move on and like the times where I'm really working it's like I don't have time to like pretend like I'm like a cool guy <laughs> like I don't have the time to show that off like I'm spending like 12 hours and I'm like editing everything like anyways it's, it's
0: i understand exhausting. i totally understand it's very hard to figure out how to yeah how to make content as well as make great music right like yeah because they are almost specialized things uh, upon themselves you know like being really good at making content is like one skill making huh. really good music is like another skill and like trying to combine them can be it's very challenging um and yeah. it's not for everybody and it's, like yeah. you said when i'm making when I'm making music, it's pretty embarrassing. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) looking at a laptop, scrolling around, you know, it's same with me. Same with me.
1: Like, I'm like, I'm fine with being cringe. Like, it's just like, I just don't have the time to even be cringe. Like, and pretend that (laughs) I'm like, like, I'm just like, I'm like, sure. I could film my screen. Maybe ever like when, like the label or manager tells you, like, you just have to like share more. It's like, yeah, here's my screen. <laughs> like, I mean, that's why this "be real" thing is kind of good.
0: What's what's that? Oh, the, have
1: you, the... you you haven't heard "be real"? This is this is the... a new
0: song of yours, actually, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, be, be real is a social app where they oh. like. No, yeah, I haven't. Gotta like, you only have like a couple of minutes to post, and then like it's like everyone posts at the same time. I so thought it's...
0: you were talking about "be real," maybe from Cypress Hill. I don't know oh. be real the app. Um,
1: <laughs> Anyways, I, and then I downloaded it and then it was like, you have to turn on notifications. I was like, nope. Delete. no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Notifications are the worst for me. Actually. Um, I have all the notifications off, uh, they yeah, are yeah. easily the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, sleep, <laughs> sleep, be real original. Yeah, that's right. My bad. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> just going back to the disco stuff. Um, I, do you consider yourself a disco fan? Like, if you could name... Oh, 100%. Yeah? Is there any, like, specific artists or, like, I mean, from the most well-known to the least well-known, like, is there anyone in particular that you always kind of come back to as influence?
1: Um, I mean, like, my mom played Earth, Wind & Fire, like, like when I was growing up. I mean, I she had, like, you know, great mom taste, um, whatever that means. So it's kind of like all over the place. But she would play like Earth, Wind and Fire and then um I mean yeah, like a you know, Shaka Khan here and there and um you know, just the classics. But yeah, I mean even like uh, she played Talking Heads too. And so that not that's not disco, but you know, like yep. the cool thing about Talking Heads is that they like I read his book, David Byrne's book, and they sort of talked about how they were sort of like started looping things. And it was I, I mean, maybe it wasn't like revolutionary, but it was like that they figured out their process that way. And um, but yeah, like talking heads for sure. Like just like anything groove based. I mean, disco for me, um, like, yeah, like, but then like sort of to go back on like justice and like that sort of French house. French touch stuff, obviously. I'm very influenced by Daft Punk and and Breakbot and um, and then you know like I don't know. It doesn't have to be disco, but it's like you know stuff like Jungle and and all over the place.
0: Well, have have you heard the Breakbot Dance on Glass mix series?
1: Uh, maybe, yeah.
0: That those have to be my probably my favorite mixes of all time the way he makes these mixes they're okay they're I'll, insane I'll check them out. yeah i'll send you a link i'll send up actually i'll put a link in the discord for anybody who's watching but um yeah Breakbot, incredible producer but also like this mm-hmm. incredible dj uh how he puts all these like all these rare groove and disco and r&b records together with his music it's insane yeah. uh it's so good um the way he uses like the key mixing and, and and then looping to go from one thing to I highly recommend it. it totally changed my my like idea of what a mixtape could be. He totally revolutionized like mixes for me. It was really very important. Oh, I think you'll love wicked. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll I'll check that out for sure.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, Nile Rodgers and and Chic must be uh, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it was. Yeah, cool. I
1: mean, I d- I tried to you know. Like the Nile Rogers guitar thing, it just blows my mind all the time. Where it's like, oh, he's just he's just doing this, but it's like, it's like the hardest thing to like get right. It's, it's amazing.
0: Uh, sorry, just one second. I, hot dog six nine Whitman is trying to post a link, so please DM me that link. Uh, just uh, mine, mine. I'm here. Uh, hot dog, hit me. And I'll put that on the link for you. Thank you for sorry, but we just have links not on right now. Um, but um, yeah, Nile Rodgers' guitar tone insane. And then similarly, you were talking about Talking Heads, and obviously uh, Tina Weymouth, Chris France. I think um, yeah, those guys did the Tom Tom Club too, which is also this like extremely important funk post disco group too, right? Like, and they had Bernie Worrell from on the keyboards. Yeah. It's like man yeah talking heads are i could i love the talking heads man they're so cool they worked with what uh who was it was brian eno working with them right early on
1: yeah i think so yeah i think it's the there's some david byrne brian eno song that's my one of my favorites but um yeah i mean i'm not like i'm not a huge like like if you Throw out a bunch of names. I feel like, yeah, I probably have heard it, but I don't know. <laughs> like, Park, Parker comes by. He's like, oh yeah, no, let's just put on that. And I'm like, oh. He's like, what? You haven't heard this? So it's, yeah. Like, I can only wrap my head around so much, right?
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. You've only got so much time, but and you've got to be spending that time making music. And I, I was going to actually ask your daily. You kind of alluded to your daily operation. You go in there. I'm really curious to know. Like, do you start? with Harmony or is like what's your kind of like daily operation for starting an idea?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, starting an idea, I mean, it's like generally I'm like just trying to find some demo that I'm, I, I usually I have got like little demos that I work on for like 30 minutes or something that I like sort of put them in a folder and then I'll maybe like look through those and see if there's an idea there. Um, but yeah, usually just starts with a little demo and it's like sort of, you know, just working on trying to get like a baseline that is like somewhat fun and drums that are fun. And then, and then, um, yeah, usually, I mean, for this record, it's been like Parker and I like sort of, Oh, it was like, uh, last fall, we were sort of in the studio a lot and just sort of, um, sort of working these songs out and getting the vocals. And he's sort of like, that's his sort of lane. I'm like beat guy and he's, he's, uh, the vocal sort of, um, comes up with, uh, lyrics and that sort of thing. So, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, now. I do want to talk about, um, like, different techniques for sampling. And one of the things that I, I do a lot of is I, I actually often use, like, an acapella to, like, help me structure a song. Um, and I also, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, was like, always helps me just, like, kind of flesh out. Do you do that, too?
1: Um, I've, I've actually thought about doing it lately. And then I was, like, because, like, I mean, that was sort of, like, growing up doing like remixes that was essentially that's what it is like just making a new song around an acapella so yeah it's a good idea for
0: sure yeah it just really helps me kind of like i'm not a songwriter like for vocals at all like i don't i don't do that so it's nice to have someone like <laughs> just have a template just put it on there and then like oh okay we'll work around that um yeah but using vocals and tracks and also speaking of remixes actually um you know you're, the big track a lot of people know you for be right there with uh, with Diplo. It's the reinterpolation of. Uh, can I say that? Am I allowed? To, am I allowed to talk about that? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Um, the the yeah, don't the, walk away. The
1: writers, the writers have have a hefty share of that song.
0: <laughs> Shoot, I bet. Um, <laughs> but you, I remember, I remember hearing that for the first time on your SoundCloud, and you also had a Move That Dope remix on on SoundCloud. It was very casual, and I remember. I was like, I think you had them up for free download, so I downloaded them, and I was like, "These are these are bangers!" (laughs) Like, what was, what, how did that come about?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. Like that, it was like essentially summer of 2014. I was just making some bootlegs because I was like, sort of playing club sets quite a bit, or was starting to play more, and um, so yeah, I was I like a handful that I was like, Oh, these are kind of cool. And then the jade one, the jade one was like, um, I would sort of been working on this sort of instrumental demo for a while. So I was like, oh, let me find a sample for it. Maybe I'll just make this a bootleg or something. But yeah, I scoured it, scoured acapellas for you.co.co.uk. Pro right there. Um, and i mean it's it's sample diving it, again it's like uh, talking about like specific skills and like that's like a whole thing it's like oh let's like pull the sample and like i'm i'm like i was if it's been used before i'm like it's gone i'm not like i'm i think i'm a little more like i'd be more lenient now like having like being in the music industry for long enough i'm like ah everybody uses the same samples like might as well just do it
0: do but, it your own way right
1: yeah but yeah like i found that and then throw it on there pitch it up and uh i was like ooh, this is good um so yeah that demo the bootleg demo um i tr- we tried to get it cleared We we like i got my manager to like try to connect with the original sort of licensing and tried to license it, but couldn't make it happen. So I was like, okay, let's just, I'll just put these out. So there was like, there's the, the, I sampled, I did like a club edit of the, I want your soul, uh, Armand van Helden track. So there was that one. And then there was like this, like, you know, fresh take on the uh, future song. And then put those all up and then like, It was like two days later Spinin hit me up Spinin records and they're like we want to release that that i want your soul but like i was like okay so i took that down and then like it was like i sent that out like on a wednesday or something and then diplo was playing um at uh in vancouver at the madison block party um so I'd sort of, I did a remix for him in 2013 and like kind of kept in touch with him, sending him music and stuff I was working on. And um, so I sent him that bootleg pack and I was upstairs at the Commodore ballroom and I was like, Di- Diplo was playing and I was like, huh, "That's so- oh my God, he's <laughs> playing the bootleg I sent him like two days ago. So there it's it's too bad because i've lost the video like there were, i had a video like a shitty like um like sort of instagram video there was probably some goofy ass filter on it but like um yeah there was a video of him playing that original bootleg, and then it was like probably a couple months later when like paul Devereaux and him hit me up and they're like we should like make this a thing because it's like quite good it's been working in the sets so so we collaborated on that and he got um priscilla renee who's also mooney long that's that's another little tidbit of this song is that moody long is singing on beer right there
0: um and like you're gonna have to excuse me i don't know moody long can you tell me
1: mooney i mean she's she's kind of blown up now um okay he's a sort of r&b singer um I think her real name's Priscilla and Renee. Um, anyway, the, uh, yeah. So, so she like killed that vocal and I mean, it was like, it was like, Oh, we just need someone to sing it. So it wasn't really a feature. It was like, we just need someone to like re-sing this vocal. So she didn't get a feature, but like, um, I think she might be featured on it now, but anyway, the, uh, That came to be that way it was it was a long process though it was like trying to get the sample cleared and then the writers were gonna sort of um take everything and then we sort of rejigged it so it was like we we cut out one of the verses and so it was it was kind of a cool like experience from the uh sort of music licensing side and yeah so it became a hit
0: which is cool, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, hey, we got I want to shout out kid spin he's in the chat actually, and um he, he works uh at our our friend's beat source, he does a lot of cool edits himself, and he plays it in a ser- serious mixes often, which is super cool, um but cool. yeah, I also just did a quick Wikipedia of uh Mooney Long, and yeah, her name is Pris- priscilla- Renee Hairston. um yeah. yeah, that's awesome, oh, it's pronounced money long, mm-hmm. that's cool, I like M- that money long, yeah. yeah. There you go. Super dope. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what's cool? Like, I really love hearing that um, that story. Mainly, well, because yeah, it was it was obviously something that you just kind of like put out there, and it just it took off unexpectedly. That must have felt amazing uh, hearing it being played for the first time at the Commodore. That must have been a oh yeah hell of a moment.
1: Yeah, there's. I mean, there's that song is like um, obviously changed my life, which is which is cool to say. Um, but yeah, it's been like having it sort of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about what, uh, what could have happened had I, had I sort of not sort of collaborated, collaborated with Diplo on it, but who knows? Um, yeah, the, uh, I mean, it's, it's the fact that people still play it today. Like that, that's sort of the thing about DJ music club music edm and that sort of thing everything is is fads and trends and if somebody's like playing a song the same song for like two or three years let alone like seven um it's pretty cool like a lot of songs just die out pretty quickly when, yeah. the, when the hot trend is over so yeah
0: well that's that's actually something i wanted to talk about too um because one of the things I do love about is that you t- you used this R&B vocal. Um, uh, and I love, personally, I love R&B vocals on electronic music. Like, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, one of the things, like, wh- a couple of examples that I'd like to kind of give, you know, uh, is, like, Burial sampling Ray J, or, like, uh, Jacques Green sampling Sierra, and really you know re kind of recontextualizing them right taking them out of this kind of more pop and then taking it sometimes into a very dark world or different yep. energy right um, do you have any like favorite kind of examples of that or like is that what you were trying to do when you did that song
1: yeah I mean I think what I've, it's it's not far off of the music that I'm making now like it's really like that's like what I'm dying for is just like a vocal that kills and like all those R and B vocals, the singers are amazing.
0: Yeah. And
1: the, and the melodies have been crafted and like the sort of the nuance of the vocal is like, is, has been detailed to a way that like it's exciting and, and then putting it in the, in a different context is, is wicked too. But like, I guess, I guess the, the difference being like when like a typical EDM top line is like, is a little bit like boring and, and just like, <laughs> cause they're like, Oh, how do I sing to this beat? Whereas like, that's sort of the excitement of throwing like pitching something up and throwing it onto like, uh, a, sort of electronic house track. It's like, it's, it's a d- totally different context.
0: And, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's cool though because like when you think about like I th- I love jungle, I love UK garage and like especially UK music really leans into the R&B electronic kind of hybrid mm-hmm. if you will. Even like mm-hmm. uh, I think dubstep has some <laughs> R&B joints and stuff, you know, like it's so cool um how how much like you said I guess the vocal is just so perfect, right? It's such a great example of what a vocal should be and R&B songwriting is, is such that they have really great melodies, right?
1: Yeah. And maybe, maybe the UK thing, like having like house music be so entrenched there for so long. True. And like artists like Craig David, like making sort of upbeat sort of pop records that are like club ready. I mean, it's, it's not far off what I, what I'm trying to do, but let's like, the american sort of r&b so much slower maybe
0: yeah i always like the double time i always like to if if i get a chance i'll take like a slower r&b song and then you'll do the old double time it's Mm the it's a great trick um but yeah yeah shout out to craig david man craig david makes incredible music hey still Uh, uh, i
1: know he's he's killing it
0: yeah um and then um a new beat band shout out a new beat band in the chat. He had a had a, ch- a question for you. I think it was in relation to what makes you know your music last. He says why do you think it lasts um, is that is that right? A new beat band let me know am I am I asking the question right? What makes the like uh, the longevity of of your song be right there last so long?
1: Um yeah, I mean I think I think it's sort of probably not really anything that I did. It's like the, it was, the song was already there. Like it was already a it was already a smash hit in like 1992. So it's like I'm I can't like take credit for that at all. So it's more like um, maybe maybe maybe, maybe it is maybe it's just what we're talking about, where it's like sort of a song that was already a great song in a different context. And I mean, like, it's, it's, it's definitely a banger. It, oh, yeah. it works. It's, it's like, um, and then, but, but also another thing that is sort of DJ culture, which is like, you just take the acapella. Now we have a great acapella and that song, it just gets like, you know, mashed up with something else. Like, like Burns is Talamanca. That's like the hot thing now that Diplo is playing all the time. It's like um with uh, with with the b right there vocal on top and it's like oh now that song has a new life because it's like a song it's it's put under a beat that's like everybody's playing now and i mean that's that's kind of that's the beauty of a great vocals that you can like throw throw it over top of a bunch of different things so mm-hmm. i'll make edits and like so the actual like track that i made like maybe is like it, it's still it's still good it's still a great track, but it's like, I, I probably wouldn't play it as it is in my sets exactly. I mean, depending on the set, maybe if yeah. it's like I'm playing a big stage or something then for sure. But like, if I'm like, oh, I'm doing like a dis- disco set, like, I'm just like sort of working on a disco edit of it right now. I'm oh, like, fire. Okay, I got to hear cool. that. <laughs> you know, like, like that's, I mean, that's the point is like, you just have this vocal that you, that you can put on all these great contexts
0: absolutely I hey
1: to set alive.
0: I gotta give a quick shout out Kidspin thank you for subscribing and I think we got a raid as well welcome in everybody who's raiding we're talking to Sleepy Tom right now um, we're wide awake talking to Sleepy Tom um, but yeah um, that's so cool like really you well. can yeah like you said disco edit oh shout out DCAP DCAP we all love DCAP drums don't we DCAP drums that oh, knock big time big up DCAP thank you for the raid oh cool yeah, this is the great thing about doing live, uh, <laughs> live, live streams, right? You get to have cool people like DCAP come, out, come on in, and we have a chat.
1: Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Oh Any- yeah, I I love the uh, the samples. I've got a bunch of them in my splice.
0: Right. Yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> Decap drums make everyone's song sound very, very good right out the gate. So yeah, if you don't have them already, get the drums that knock, man. Big time. Um, but yeah, we're, we're sorry. We were talking about yeah, um, making a disco edit of, of be right there. I gotta, I really gotta hear that. <laughs> Please send when I can get that. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're willing. Yeah, to I share. mean,
1: well, yeah. I'm just sort of like um, I've got to finish this EP, and then it's sort of like okay, I'm gonna sort of think about um, doing some some sort of club shows again, and and trying to put a set together, and yeah, it's always gotta. Have a fresh version of beer right there.
0: <laughs> now, when you do a set, though, like when you're doing a DJ set, how do you like? I, I imagine when you're playing shows, people are coming and they want to hear specific songs of yours. Do you do you kind of construct your sets, or are you a lot of the time improvising?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't uh, DJed a whole lot in the last few years, but um, you're not alone. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like when i was sort of i had a pretty like standard set or i i think i like to think of it like i'll have like sets like or a set within a set where it's like i have like a couple songs i need to get to and then i know how to get to them and they're and so it's like maybe a set will comprise of like of like 10 mini sets or something where it's like depending on the energy, it's like, Oh, I'll play a few of these songs because I know they work well together. And then, and then from there, I'll sort of say, okay, I'll maybe, maybe I'll go to this little bit. And then I'll, so like, because for a while I was like playing like, uh, Eurythmics, uh, um, Sweet Dreams, Sweet Dreams out of, out of be right there every time because it just killed. And so yeah, and I just do it's always like fun to make little little edits every time um every every few months to keep the sort of st- song staples that you play just keep them interesting uh, yeah I'd, I'd make that edits and then Diplo just I'd send them to him and then <laughs> I'd see him playing them <laughs> for, over for, for like four or five years
0: <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah I mean when you when you when you play your music to a crowd how does that make you feel
1: uh i mean it's really the best feeling you can ask for um i mean yeah like i especially like it like in a small club like having like being able to see like individual faces sort of like react to certain songs is really it's because really what we're talking about is like connection and and sharing good energy and i mean like playing like a big festival is 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 cool in a way but it's not the same sort of um connection you get just playing like records in a club for people that are just having a great time so i think that's part partially where i'm like uh like my music's not as like peak time aggro anymore. I'm like, I want to make music where I can like have like, you know, real connection with people in the club, see some like faces up close and, and, and have a good time that way. And I'm not like dying to go like do a festival circuit, like for like, you know, three months. Cause I don't know. It's just exhausting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really interesting though, man. I'm really glad you brought that up because I do think, um, you know a lot of us and a lot of DJs probably that's their pinnacle of success is playing a festival show, you know, to thousands of people, um, and it's really refreshing actually to hear you say, you know, what that's not really for me, and and it's no shade. Obviously, everyone has different ambitions and and different experiences, but yeah, I'd have to agree myself. I haven't really played many festivals like you, but often the the club and environment that you get to play in can kind of um, determine the, the 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 risks you can take as a dj and that's always been for me the most musically fulfilling is if i'm playing a smaller club i get a bit more carte blanche or you know freedom to play the music that i that really speaks to me um and i know that like ultimately that ratio changes the more people there are the more i have to kind of play something more general that everyone is going to understand and yeah and that, that's almost a sacrifice or a compromise maybe not maybe i don't know the right right word for that but i always think of it as a compromise like if, if i'm playing to like you know 40,000 people hypothetically speaking like the chances of them all liking the same kind of music like me is very slim but if i'm playing to a smaller room of maybe 100 people and they are coming to see me and i can probably only pull about 100 people at max you know what i mean then i really yeah. have like the ability to take control of that environment right
1: uh-huh And this whole idea of like reading the crowd, I'm like, like, if you've played in front of like 5,000 people before, there's no reading, like, there's there's, like, people are either like, like, enjoying your set because like, they're there to see you and they and you're doing what you do, or they're like, in between like festival stages and they're just passing by there's like somebody no one's on the main stage like (laughs) that was like my experience and like i mean versus being in the club like you can actually read the room in the club like you can like there's actual like vibes to read and like as a dj it's like that's kind of like you get to you get to do your job in, in 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 that sense and that's where it's kind of fun and yeah i mean It's like going back, it's like hopefully my music is maturing and like, (laughs) you know, I get to play like disco records and I can play like older ones and I can play new ones and I can play like, you know, like so I can throw in some like, you know, talking heads and little like lots of like, you know, music like I it's just more or less like I think uh, music that I listen to. Has changed over time, and 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 it's like now I'm like not as aggro.
0: <laughs> yeah, can I can I ask though? Um, what are you listening to right now? Like, what are some if you could recommend? I don't know, like a, a song or an album or a couple artists for for people to check out. Would you have anything that comes top to, to mind?
1: Um, there's a there's a new song by this group called the Flints that i'm really vibing to it's produced by um uh i think i think it's produced by uh this uh producer in toronto called cause and he's like he's like a super producer he's worked with like Dua Lipa and a bunch of people but um that's one song that i'm really vibing to that's sort of like they're i think they're fairly unknown um but yeah i mean i'm like loving the beyonce record i'm loving like um what else am i listening to i have to look at my phone
0: that beyonce record uh, is incredible though like, I, I, it's come up a it's couple times like,
1: undeniable oh i mean yeah like like listening to like Don fm the weekend's record is like so sick to me like the first like, just the entire like aura of it. I'm like, ah, I vibe with this so hard because it's like, I was just talking about it and it's like the, the, um, like talking about death in like a somewhat like humorous way and like not being overly dramatic, but like still having just like, like the Max Martin like smash hooks, smash hits, like, like, and just the production on it is so rad. He worked with like, he um, you know the, you know the Safdie brothers.
0: Uh, no, um, I don't.
1: Like they uh, they do like um, they did that movie Good Times. They did uh, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. But anyways, the uh, oh yes,
0: yeah, yes, the, I really enjoyed the, that. Uncut Gems. Yeah,
1: I forget the name of the the producer, but like, um he sort of did the music for a lot of his, uh, a lot of the Safety brothers music. So I think, uh, I think the weekend was in good times. He, the one with Robert Pattinson.
0: That's true. He was also crazy. in Uncut Gems as well.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think he's buddy, buddy with Safety brothers. Anyways, like I think the producer's name, like OP one or something. I can't remember, but he produced like the first, bunch of the songs and i'm like oh it's so rad talking about like talking about like putting like an R&B vocal over like over like a burial beat or something where it's like this like sort of weird context that's where i feel like Don fm it's it's like this like super spacey like with like modular synths and then it's like but it's like great songwriting and like such a great vocal I'm like ah, oh, that's the kind of stuff that really gets my juices going.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you know what else is really great about that record, Dawn FM by The Weeknd, that I think is really unique is that they ha- they have a kind of a dedicated production team throughout the whole thing. So it's really like this produ- producer artist collaboration, which uh, you know, as much as I don't want to, I don't please please don't take this the wrong way, hip hop fans, but like a lot of hip hop is often about having a different producer for a lot of tracks. But, you know, something like this it, where, you know, The weekend is working with like a, a producer combo kind of throughout the whole record. I don't know if there's other producers on there, but it's really like this yeah. kind of small group. It, it feels like they're, they've enabled this kind of perfect combination of realizing that vision that we were talking about earlier, where it's like very cohesive the whole way through. There's a theme. It's executed very well on a sonic level on... You know, yeah. all the all the elements are there, and it, it's like a movie. And like even like you said, there's the 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 visual aspect of it. It's all there, and it's uh-huh. such a such a, a fantastic experience, right?
1: Yeah, and it's so it's so like, oh, like there's nothing really like that in the pot like top forty pop world where like someone's making like weirdo like like interludes between these songs and getting Jim Carrey to do like a monologue and, and then like an outro, which is like heartbreaking. I'm like, this is like, yeah, the whole thing is straight up like a movie. And I mean, there's like, like even the Tyler, the creator song, um, which is, which is rad. Like there's, there's like little moments where it's like, Oh, that's like typical weekend. But like, I mean, like, I guess, I guess it's just someone like him, like, having like been in it and put out a bunch of records and like done like the generic thing, he's probably like probably had this vision and was like, I want to do this. Cause I mean, but I, there's not many like singers and top 40 people like him that are like, Oh, pulling for like beats from like Gesaffelstein and like, and, and Kavinsky. Yeah. Like, it's like, he's like one of one that way.
0: But it makes perfect sense, especially the Kavinsky thing. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because obviously Kavinsky Night Call is like this perfect pop song, but it's uh-huh. also like dead set in the dead center in the uh, the Dawn FM like style. Like, you know, if Night Call was sung by The Weeknd and it was on Dawn FM and never came out before, it would make perfect sense. And totally. it's like, the other crazy thing about The Weeknd and that album specifically, I'm getting super juiced off this chat, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so cool. Like. How he like? I know you. Everyone knows he's like a super Michael Jackson fan, and this is uh-huh. like a, like, like thriller, like this Don FM thriller comparison. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to like. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to upset anyone about that. But you can really yeah. tell that there that that whole kind of like vibe he's taken that with him, and it, it feels yeah. so like natural for him. You know, like
1: uh-huh. yeah, like there's. I mean. I think he's like an undeniably amazing singer but then when you come like compare like his sort of um, peers he just like is ballsy with production and like I just I like I mean I'm talking about people that are ballsy like it's not someone that I'm what we want to talk about right now but it's like that's what made Kanye great is like it's just the ballsiness of like doing something or it's like, I'm going to do this and this together. Yeah. And well, musically that's speaking, that's
0: the only. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, musically speaking. Yeah, not politically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, um, yeah, like I, the first time I heard that, I was like, oh my God. Because I mean, I'm still like, I'm still dying for like the smash hits. Like, Take My Breath is still like, like, I love it and it, it's I mean just for someone like me who's like making dance records I listen to those drums and like god I just would love to make drums as good as those like but you know it's it's just like yeah listening to that all the way through just like hearing all the little nuance and in, in like the mixing but like then you you, you you've got to go and you've got to look at the who was working on it and it's like the best people it's like Serban mixed it and dave kutch mastered it and it's like you know it's max martin production and it's like the weekend and it's like no wonder so whenever i'm like hard on myself that my my stuff doesn't sound nearly as good i'm like right i'm only i'm only one man
0: yeah and you don't have a whatever multi-million dollar budget yeah yeah Yeah, those (laughs) guys are definitely using like it was cool actually um i watched the uh the performance or whatever and it's cool like max martin has like like all this crazy synth stuff around him you know like he's got obviously yeah. like yeah like your Oberheim. he's probably got like one of those those moog grandmothers or whatever like all of the best analog synth gear all around him all linked up like synced up with drum machines i'm like whoa this uh-huh. is just on a complete music nerd fest it's uh-huh. so exciting because he's going so deep on that uh, for the live yeah. show really cool uh-huh. but okay. um yeah, I feel like we should probably move on from um, <laughs> <laughs> like fanboy in the weekend. But um, yeah, uh, speaking of drums and you know production production techniques, would you would you be able to share like a, a cheat code or, or something that you think um, really helps with just like getting something started or something finished or anything that you would recommend to somebody who's into production? That, even a plug-in. I mean,
1: Oh, oh, oh um like i don't know just like a like a new vq i yeah. mean that's been like that's honestly just been my like revelation in the last like handful of months is that i'm like right i shouldn't stress about like i like i sometimes i'm always reaching for some like x factor plug in that's like a do it all sort of thing but then i think i'm just sort of like um just being a little more like okay drastic with my eq and 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 because i i think that's that's a thing where people get sort of caught up like producers and mixers when you're like when you're like looking for advice for places people are like oh like yeah you just shouldn't like do this you shouldn't turn the bass up that much or you like shouldn't like 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 it's a lot more complicated to make a kick but sometimes it's not sometimes yeah. it's not sometimes you just have to use your ears and be like no actually this does need some low end like that's what like a lot of times it's just like little fixes where i'm like why isn't this exciting me it's like well it's like give it some low end and make it exciting give it some high top end, make it some exciting i mean it's, it's not always the fix but it's it's just like i'm I, I've, I, I guess I just sort of hesitate to give like specific, like plug in advice. Cause I, I, I always find myself like sort of, that's what pops up to me on YouTube. Yeah. Like this, this sort of, sh- um, recommended videos. And then I end up going down a rabbit hole and I'm like, ah, like, but I'm not really listening to the song. Like I'm not really listening to what the song really needs. So I guess it's like, yeah, just, I I use this like the UAD a Neve 1073, and that's just like, I that that's that's one thing. I I I kind of hesitate to use graphic EQs. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to look. I just want to hear. Right. I don't want to be like, oh, it's sh- that that part needs to go down. It's like, ah. well, maybe not. Like I I like the Neve because it's super simple and it's just like. Most of the time I'm like, okay, take up like a high pass and and then maybe it's like, maybe it's a bit too honky or maybe like 700 needs to come down or maybe 700 needs to come up. Like, it's just, it's, I don't really want to, I don't really want, like I have the fab filter pro Q, which is like, which is great for lots of stuff. And I use it like all over the place, but I kind of stopped using it as my sort of go to EQ. Cause I was like, I don't want to look, I don't want to look. I want to just listen. If you know what I mean?
0: That's a really good, I, I like that. Just listen, don't look and worry about like actual frequency numbers, right? You just trust your ear yeah. and you may get a, it sounds like you, you get a better result. Now is, the, is that a, is that neve is that like a three band EQ or like a four band? Yeah. EQ? Yeah. So yeah, it's
1: three, it's three band with a, with a high pass. And yeah, I mean like th- there will be lots of times where I'm like, okay, I need to really be sort of surgical and like mm. use the pro Q where I'm like, is it like, and I'll sweep around, especially for like for vocals when like maybe it wasn't recorded that great. And you need to sort of get rid of some weird frequencies, but.
0: Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Vocals are a tricky one and yeah, having people record them and then send them to you is always mm-hmm. luck of the draw. And yeah, it's really, yeah. Um, really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's really helpful, man. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, I just feel like sometimes everyone has like these things that they do that's a little bit different from other people, and it's always nice to hear that perspective, you know. Um, and yeah. it's one of the things that I think a lot of people, including myself, like about your productions is the sound quality of it. it. Is, you know, you have a really good sound design, and it's um, you know, especially even the new, you know, the newer stuff. It's it's a, a different uh approach, but yeah, it sounds really full, really rich, and it's really exciting. So. Yeah. I, lo- I love, I love hearing these sorts of things. Um, now, um, if you could, if you don't mind sharing, like what, what are you currently working on? What is the, what is your project? or what can we look forward to?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm finishing my sort of last song for this EP. Um, it features, um, this singer, uh, called Nairi, and she's from, uh, Sydney, Australia, and she's sort of singing over this song Parker and I wrote. And um yeah, it's it's sort of it's pretty similar to the last few I've put up, pretty like disco banger. And um so yeah, I've, I've got to keep working on it and keep sort of discovering new things about it. I've just sort of like before I hopped on here, I was just getting bouncing down plugins because my computer was gonna <laughs> rocket off to Mars like. <laughs> the fans were going crazy so yeah um doing doing that ep and then um yeah i've got i mean i've got a handful of other songs in the works that i'm like sort of just everything's on hold until this other song is finished but yeah just just trying to write more with people in the studio now that COVID is potentially a thing of the past
0: well, yeah, I, yeah, well, I, I guess, especially since you now got it and you've kind of recovered. So yeah, yeah. you've got like a little bit of at least three months, uh, grace yeah. period, they say.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like three to six months. It's like some <laughs> basketball injury or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, now the cool thing is, is like you've, you, you, these are very cohesive these last few uh, releases you've done, but we haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't heard an EP from you, uh, since, uh, am, the amateurs one. Um, uh-huh. Will there be, are you focused on making another project, like a full EP or album style project, or would you prefer to keep putting out singles?
1: I'm I'm definitely in the camp that I love putting out singles, because, I mean, as someone who's, who's not, you know, doesn't have a giant fan base, I'm not like, every time I put out like a body of work, it's not going to like, there's going to be a lot that falls through the cracks. So... I think right now I'm just focused on singles. I mean, I'm dying to do remixes again. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, um, I feel like I'm just still discovering a lot about about this sort of new direction that I'm going for. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, there's like, I feel like I'm like slowly amassing my, like, room of instruments in that, like, some of them are in the computer, but like, it's just like my go to's for this style and my sort of go to setup and it's um it's like changing all the time. But yeah, the uh the the cool thing about that is is sort of applying it to like a remix where I'm like, oh let me try that with a uh, with another person's vocal and making more like I definitely like I'm dying to make uh some more club songs that are sort of in this vein, but maybe a little, a little more like dance floor friendly edits and longer edits and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I love the extended disco mix. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. <laughs> the twelve-inch yeah, disco. Totally. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. but uh, that's really cool. Hearing how you're like, yeah, you're kind of basically creating a palette with certain instruments and and, and sounds. I really love that concept so much um, because. It's one of the things that I always. Similarly, we were talking about the weekend. You know, it's, and and Mark Ronson actually his work with Amy Winehouse. How he had the Dap uh, the Dap Tone band come in and play all the you know the music. It was like so cohesive those records where, you've kind of figured out this like palette or the setup, and and that's how like records traditionally were made, right? You have like, this bass, this guitar, this keyboard, and then you make a whole record with that set up at the studio and you record it over and over, over a whole thing. Um, but would you ever like, would you ever work with an artist and, and, and kind of like you're, you're talking about doing remixes, but would you ever just work with one vocalist or is there any desire to fo- to find a vocalist like that and c- complete a whole project like that?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's almost not far off with Dawn on this, on this EP cause she's on, Three of the four, I mean, kind of doing backups on a, on a few of them, but like, yeah, it's like that sort of element of like, oh, let me just like, it's also sort of like time efficient to <laughs> yeah, be like, oh, it's sure. like, like, in like one shot, that's like t- coming up like recording and like having gone to recording school, it's like okay, let's just do overdubs, <laughs> yeah, and like, um, but yeah, like I mean. I've, that's another sort of part that I'm sort of expanding to where it's like I'm sort of producing for other people, I'm like whether or not it's like a whole record, maybe it's a song here and there, but um, trying to not trying to like, you know, force my sound onto anyone, but it's just sort of take my sort of instincts and, and put it onto somebody else's music and um, yeah, like and, and mix it and that sort of thing like I love mixing it's like that's sort of that's that it's just then it's it's part like math nerd sort of like satisfies that craving and like and then just sort of I mean try not to get too like technical but yeah I like that stuff for sure
0: yeah no it's it's the carving of it's like carving out the picture or the sculpture right it's like getting the bits out that you don't need I love it yeah that's cool I don't know if i could ever i don't ever think i'd ever be like a mix engineer though that feel like that that's like too much pressure
1: it's it is a lot of pressure because it's like it's really complicated because like i i explained it to my dad the other day and it was like he couldn't he was like i mean as as someone who's like um he he plays like a few instruments but I was like, yeah, like I take like two hundred tracks or something, and I, but it's got to come out two channels. Like everything's got to fit, like into this. Like, I mean, not to like, not to like, brag, but like mixing's pretty hard. Like,
0: yeah, no, like it is.
1: Work working with audio is hard. It's because it, it's like, like editing video is right in front of you. You can see everything, and I mean, it, editing video is hard too. But yes. like, it's just. Like there's if there's like ethereal things that happen with your ears. Your ears get tired. Like mm. you're listening too loud, too quiet. Like so, so. It's it's all it's it's very um, it's, it's exhausting,
0: <laughs> and emotional. <laughs> not no less. It's yeah. also very emotional.
1: Yeah, because you've got to like you've got to keep your, keep the sort of directive in the emotion way, where it's like I'm not trying to like tear this song's like soul out i need to keep the soul of the song but it's also like yeah but that snare is like a little bit like 2k like you know like just like little things where you just like you're just jumping back between your left and right brain i mean that's i think that's sort of the the excitement of it so yeah i don't know i'm just like like it's probably a it's a lifelong thing where it's like oh yeah it's just it gets a little bit easier each time.
0: Isn't that the magic, though? Like it's, it, you're never you n- you never perfect music. You, you just uh-huh. it's a journey forever.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the yogis. It's the yogis' journey of like, yeah, of music and and being okay with it not being finished and and perfect.
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you still get goosebumps from music?
1: 100 percent yeah yeah definitely i mean like there's i mean there's there's really like yeah talking about like playing music for a crowd of people playing your own record for for a bunch of people and having a sort of a good reaction it's pretty rad that's that's undeniable
0: yeah um we have a question that we ask every guest on the show and it's always interesting um and it's very much in line with what we were just talking about but you know, the question is what this, this shows about this the power of music. But what does the power of music mean to you?
1: Yeah, um, I mean it really makes an imprint on your life. Like that, it's pretty pretty hard to avoid. Like the the music that you listen to at different ages just sticks with you, and you can always go back and be like, you listen to that song, and it reminds you of it of a different time and you can like you can like think of like visual images of like where you were maybe or like a time period when you were listening to that song so i don't know like the such a weird sort of thing music it's like it's it's both like yeah just very present and then you can sort of i don't know like that's why i I, it's I sort of like listening to records over and over and over and and just like like one one record that I listen to like all the time is is Arctic Monkeys uh, Tranquility Base and Casino. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, like it's the it's the last record from a few years ago and it's just like. I just listen to it front front to back if I'm like we do like long drives to Calgary or something, I'll just like listen to it front to back. And um, or if I'm just like in a weird mood and I just need to like chill, I'll like put something like that on. So it's like, I don't know, there's like there's like little albums that you that are like almost little like soothers for your for your brain, yeah. which is which is nice.
0: That's yeah. cool that you 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 revisit that this album a lot. I haven't heard this album and I really want to check it out. Um, I actually posted on a Discord, it's crazy. "Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino" by Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, the artwork looks crazy.
1: It's it's so rad. It's such like if you listen to all the lyrics, it's so <laughs> like I I think going back to Don FM too. It's like I love, I love when there's like, a, a, I mean this this one's even more than. Than Donovan, like this sort of theme throughout, and the the lyrical content, and it's just so weird and trippy and futuristic, and um, but like so many, yeah, he's he's a genius for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's really. I'm glad. Thank you for recommending that. Um, because yeah, music like that, on a on a musical and lyrical level, is quite hard. You know, to to come by, it's not super often. You know, it's either kind of one is, one's a little bit better than the other. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, yeah. maybe I'm making generalization. Do you feel the same way? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, and and frankly, like I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not the most lyrically inclined. Like I'm just, I usually leave, like leave that up to my collaborators in terms of like lyrical content, and then like melody, I've I can sort of sing melody not that i sing but like i can sort of hum things and and uh yeah it's just sort of the actual story that's it's not something that i like um am like very good at i just probably need to spend time doing it but the uh when you hear when you hear like an entire record that's just like got a whole arc to it it's like fuck. I could never like <laughs> imagine <laughs> sort of like having that level of of like vision for the context and 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 yeah when the when the music sort of suits it it's just it's so awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. There's very few artists that do it so well, but when it yeah like when it comes all together, you're like whoa, yeah. it's just yeah. timeless. Um, yeah. Hey, look, I really want to thank you for your time today, uh, Sleepy Tom. Mm-hmm. It's been really great to chat to you about all these stuff, all these things. Yeah, you um, too. But is there is there anything that you wanted to, to talk or, or highlight in this chat while we have while I have that, the opportunity to?
1: Um, well, if anyone listening wants to go and, and follow me around every everywhere, I mean that'd be that'd be cool. So it's, it's always good to promote myself. Metrics so you can, help. You, you can probably if you if you search you, "sleepy time," you'll be able to find me. Um, yeah, check out my new sort of songs. Um, but yeah, nothing I don't need to promo blast anything. I, I mean my my most recent song, I really like it. It's like it's called This Thing Called Life. And the E P is called This Thing Called Life, but um, yeah, so good go check that one out.
0: We've actually got a couple of the songs in the in um in uh the unscripted playlist if anyone's looking to listen to uh, Sleepy Tom's music. Um, you can actually get that in the Discord and this, and here as well, which I highly recommend you doing. Um, and I'm also a really big fan of this one specific song that you worked on with Grand Theft um, mm-hmm. from back in the day called Hold On. And I know it's a bit of a departure from what you're where you're at now, but this song is a banger. So mm-hmm. if you don't mind, can we can we like, can we we like use this song as like, a, can we step out to this song if, if for a moment?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah. I'm going to quickly play uh, Hold On by uh, Grand Theft and Sleepy Tom. This is... a uh, yeah, this is a banger, man. What can I say? <laughs> I love this song. Um, and it was also used... I don't know. Did you know that was used in a Serato performance video?
1: Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever seen that.
0: Okay, I don't know if it's still up, but let me see if I can... What was it? The... It was the Flip video. Serato Flip. We did this thing called Serato Flip performance video. Let me see if I can find it because this is actually the first time I, I, I saw it. Was um, I heard the, the song by nick mclaren who works for serato he made a performance and it oh, was cool. crazy yeah actually i can't find it so i'm just gonna play the song so we can we can listen to the yeah, song but when i find the video i'll send it to you sleepy tom so you can have it but uh, yeah this is the this is a tune so stick around um we're gonna just run this song real quick not for too long because the old you know copyright police here, and yeah. here we go <laughs> hold on grand theft and sleepy tom Hmm. Thanks so much, uh, Sleepy Tom. That was a really uh, fun time hanging out. Um, and uh,
1: Yeah, that was awesome. That was a great chat.
0: Hope to see you soon in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, cool. man. I'll be around. All right, dude. Well, have a great day. Okay. Thank you again.
1: Thanks a lot. Talk soon.
0: All right, peace.